This is Songwriter's Room, and I'm your host, Tomoko. This is my first episode ever, and I have an incredible guest, Michael Stewart. He was born in Jamaica, moved to New York City when he was two years old, and currently living in Atlanta. He is literally a multi-talented musician. He plays keys, drums, bass, and guitar. He's not only a great producer and engineer who's been producing over 30 years, but also a fabulous independent artist and singer-songwriter. And he owns his own indie label, Hit Them Hard Entertainment. He was the recipient of the 10th Annual Independent Music Awards for his own first album, Where I'm Going in 2010. Not to mention that his wife, Mesa, is also a singer-songwriter, vocal and artist development coach with the song Didn't Say that landed on Billboard Dance Top 10. And check this, he has synesthesia, I hope I pronounced it right, <laughs> which means he hears music in colors and auras and feel good music is his mantra. That's a very special gift. I definitely want to ask him about that in a minute. He's also a professional photographer and teaches an online class, Photography 101. But most importantly, he's a kind human being, father and husband. And later we will announce how you in the audience can be the three lucky people to receive his special merch and also discount for his recording and mastering package. Can I get a woo woo? So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Michael Stewart. Thank you, that is such an awesome intro. I need, <laughs> I need to be like my walk, walking person that does it for me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, awesome. Michael, uh, this is my first episode and I yes, talked to you, called you first because we go way back. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. I think I met you right after I moved to New York from Japan. Mm -hmm. And you were in, you had a little studio set in your house in the Bronx. Yeah. <laughs> wow, memories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, so how's this uh, you know, pandemic changed anything, any shift? Ooh, well, um, yes and no. So I work from home anyway, so it didn't really bother me that in that part of it. Mm -hmm. um, but I was more concerned of my family and, you know, what, what was happening in other places and seeing how these things were. The, the thing is that I'm just concerned about how we as a nation are being perceived now because of the fact that we don't seem to have this under control for whatever reason it may be. It's just, you know, so that's the mm -hmm. only thing I think that's a damper is the fact that, you know, it's kind of uncertain when you go out there and, you know, and I like, I would love to travel some more, but Yes. But with all this that's going on right now, we can't do that. But, you know, um, I'm very, I guess, pa uh, passionate about feeling something about those people that have passed away due to this. Definitely, I, you know, I want to tell people that I'm really sincere about saying I'm, I, I feel bad about people who have lost their lives to this pandemic. 
Um, well, I'm talking about lost in lives, not yeah. only 2020 is crazy. Yeah. Just now is the pandemic, but Black Lives Matter. Black, and that, yeah. That's another day. That's another, yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that, yeah. but, uh, you know, but, outside of yeah. my life, you know, I'm a yeah. different kind of Japanese. So yeah. I always have uh, Black friends and mm -hmm. people around me. And uh, I was pretty sh shook. Yes. Uh, so talking about uncertainty, you know, that's that's the core of the show business. So we right. should be able to really survive in this uncertainty. Uncertainty, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know what that means too, to me? Mm -hmm. That means being able to adapt and adjust and be a chameleon, right? To do whatever yes. you can to make yourself uh, change yourself or renew who you are in this time. So that way you can kind of flow with things. So very important yeah. yes but uh, not only this pandemic but because of the technology so advanced these days yeah. you told me that you shifted kind of like from producing side to engineering side more yeah. tell us about that yes so basically i feel like there's a lot of people out there that have tools at their disposal um, Fruity Loops, FL Studios, excuse me, as it's called now, mm -hmm. um, Cubase, uh, even Logic, things like that. And they allow people to be a little bit more creative in how they do their stuff. So for me, I'm a realist. I play live guitar, live instruments. So nowadays you can sample those things and then play your own thing and not have to worry about a musician per se. So I decided that I wanted to kind of shift gears a little bit and affect the way the listeners hear mm -hmm the sounds, right? How do I make an impact? How do I make, you know, an independent artist sound like an artist that's out there already that will be considered on a major label? And so I changed my focus to that and bought some new pieces of equipment to kind of, you know, um, foster that. And then I did YouTube University, of course, <laughs> and started to watch a lot of videos to kind of see and, you know, get my ears trained a little bit better, um, changed, out, changed out some speakers, things like that. And that's it. So I figured that those who are really good at beat making, um, production, there, there's even a place, not, not that I want to uh, promote another business, but there's a place called BeatStars that I had my music on for a while. And that's a really good place if you're just looking for music um, that you can license really quick. And, and you know, these, all, all these other young producers that are out there you can give them a shot. And they have some pretty good deals. So I figured I'd, they'll bring me the music or I'll record them because I'm still doing vocal recording. I'm still a vocal arranger. Um, mm -hmm. That's kind of my moniker as a vocal producer. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and then I said, hey, let me work on that. And then that led into mastering. And so mm -hmm. um, all the things that I purchased allowed me to be able to do that very uh, seamlessly at this point. So, but I mean, I still, you know, I still love to create. So I think that that's probably not going to go away, but I don't really promote that as much as I do the mixing and mastering yeah okay what's the name of the, the place that you said uh, for indie artists to license uh, oh to get music it's called beat stars it's really cool um, a young gentleman uh, was in the business decided to create this and it was basically a home for producers to put all their music and he provided this platform where people like an artist can go through and just scroll through different songs you can scroll by genre if I wanted um, hip-hop you see the hip hop list. If I want R and B, there'll be a R and B list. If I want dance music, so it's all organized very, very well. And a lot of people have gotten some really good success from it because they were able to get, like, like we talked about the internet. Um, you're able now, even if you were in Japan, and get some authentic R and B music. If you like that, 
you can collaborate. And I think collaboration is a really good thing. And so people will collaborate from all walks of life in all parts of the world, right? Which makes it really great. Right. Because back in the day, we had to, I had to be there in your house exactly. to record. So now we don't have to. So tell us about the, your package that you have that they can record with you virtually. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Good point. So um, there's a program, a company called Steinberg, and they created a program called Cubase. Um, and uh, the bigger brother to Cubase is called New Window. But they have a specific proprietary system where they allowed, it's called a VST Connect. Mm -hmm. And it allows a person to be anywhere on the planet, as long as they have a good internet signal and they have a good microphone. Um, to connect into via a link that I send them and it connects to my setup where I am here and I can visually see them I can cue them I can talk to them I can even set their headphone mix so they can get more of this or more of that just like if you would if you were in a studio and um, I can record them remotely and it's been actually pretty cool as far as that part is concerned I haven't had anyone that has done it personally now yet but I've seen like some of the uh, the preliminary stuff and I saw someone actually do it live and I was like, that's fantastic. So that's the next step, you know, for offering that because a lot of people, I have some people that are in Jersey that, you know, have to wait till they get, you know, vacation time to come up here to record with me and yeah. people in California, things like that. So this will actually make that, make the, the distance smaller because we can just do it right over the internet and it'll be seamless, you know, so I'm looking forward to trying that out. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to trying that out <laughs> with you because I got some new songs that already oh, made nice. with, the, with the tracks and I just need to record, record vocals. Maybe you can add some music to it. That works. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, so you want to give a little discount to the some audiences that oh, if they want to use your service? Yes, yes. so um, I can do like a 10 to 15% discount depending upon what's going on, what they need. And um, we'll talk. I do consultations so we can kind of see exactly what you want. I don't like wasting people's time. So the first thing is to find out what the need is. How can I help you? How can I help the artist? And then we'll pick a package and figure out how, how to do that. And that's it. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's, let's say a 15 because I'm feeling, feeling generous. <laughs> oh, later, the merch that you're going to give out, I'm going to oh, yes. uh, announce a little later how okay. to do that. Do you have a website or how to contact? They can just contact you directly. And if they mention my name, you can give them discount. So what's, what, where, where can they go? Oh, okay. So they can go to hitemhardentertainment.com. It's on the, on the web. You can reach out to me, though, directly at michael at whoismichaelstewart.com. Um, and that's it. Yes, if you mention Tomoko or mention the show, okay. no problem. You automatically get a discount. Okay, great. Cool. So I just want you to, uh, if that's okay, give us a little something, something. Uh-oh. So the audience can get a little taste, you know what I'm saying? Just <laughs> maybe 15 seconds or something, please. No problem. No problem. Just happened to have my guitar here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. We got to stick together. Don't let them bring you down. Life could be so much better. If we could just spread love around. We got to stick together. Don't let them bring you down. Life could be so much better. If we can just spread love around. Ah! Yay! <laughs> 
Thank you so much. In the morning, I made you do that. <laughs> so I'd like to know when and how you started singing, playing instruments, writing and producing music. Oh boy. You know, since your parents are from Jamaica, did they always play some reggae or when did you start seeing the sounding colors? That one was a little bit uh, of a surprise. I think it started when I had a really big affinity for electronics and just things like that. And so in Jamaica, for those who know that, uh, mm. electricity was not very safe there. <laughs> if mm. you even had it in some of the places and we were in the country. So sometimes it was there, sometimes it wasn't. And um, I used to always take things and put it in the electrical socket <laughs> there. And there, there's no grounding. So as soon as you hit live wire, it's, it's live. Mm. So one day my father said that I had stuck something into the, uh, the electric socket and it shot me. It blew up on the wall and shot me across the couch. And I what? was in a different room. It made me more interested in stuff because that just, you know, and even though it was kind of crazy. So I think mm. it was then that got my thing for electronics. Singing, my father he, uh, taught me I was probably one and a half maybe. And my father uh, started teaching me how to play guitar. Um, he played in church in Jamaica, and then we moved to the Bahamas and then moved to New York and started playing for the church youth choir. And that's where I got my start. When I started seeing things is when I got older and started to create my own music. And I realized that um, it was almost like a heads up display when the music would play or something would play, even if it's drums, it would come in and then I could feel it and then I can see the aura for that specific thing. Oh, when you, when you close your eyes, you see it. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Wow. And, um, and then that developed into sometimes when I would go to the movie theater, um, I couldn't watch the movie because all the colors and stuff was, it was confusing to me at the time. And mm. I think it was the point in my life when I wanted it to stop because I didn't understand it. Wow. Um, so it wasn't until later, when I say later, later, later in my life that I realized what it was, synesthesia. And a few artists that I know have that. Pharrell has that. There's a few people that that, that happens to, and it's just a natural thing. So Pharrell Williams? Pharrell, yeah, Pharrell, yeah. That, you know, have actually come out and said that. Um, a lot of people say, yeah, they see or they feel music differently. I feel it as well, but I can see it. It's just a little bit different. And um, a friend of mine even said to me one day, he said, you know what? Since you can see the auras and you can know what it makes people feel like and what makes people do you can actually control how people feel and um and so that's why i monikered my music feel good music because i you know the elements in it to me vibrate at different levels and it helps people to raise their vibrations so it's almost like a kind of psychic in a different way uh just related to music so if it's the evil intention kind of ill vibration then you see black and if it's feel good music and do you see any rainbows or what not exactly. And here's why I say that. The music itself, it, itself inherently isn't good or evil. Uh, <laughs> contents, though, vibrate at different levels, right? So wood instruments, drums, guitars, bass vibrate at a level that's closer to us, right? That's why we feel the music. Mm -hmm. And when you have synthesized, high-pitch, whiny stuff, like more to the, I don't even know what you would call that. And I don't want to say it's like near dog frequencies but high frequencies tend to shake and rattle our aura and that's why when you hear some music you're just like it just made me feel funny or whatever um and i think in a long time ago back in the day when 
people were talking about um, thrash metal music and stuff like that, that they were talking about, oh, it's, you know, devil music or Satan music or whatever. Mm -hmm. That really wasn't the case. It was the fact that the frequencies that they were playing at to do this, you know, it's really, it kind of disrupts auras. And then it's not that it's bad. Again, it's just the, and, like, and I agree with you, it's sometimes it's the intention behind that. And so I view all music as all music. It just doesn't really matter to me. Yes, do I have preferences? Yeah, but I think growing up, um, getting back to music then, my parents didn't allow me to um, listen to reggae music. Reggae music was not a thing. Like even me having locks now to this day um, mm. wasn't a thing because we were, at that time when they were growing up, they were colonized by the English. So um, yeah, it was, it was proper eating. It was tea at the proper time. It was this, everything was proper. So we, we weren't even taught to speak Patois because it was not good, um, according right. to them. It's not like they despise their own culture or right. anything. No, but they no, not at all. No, they were just trying to make sure that we had what they considered a better life, better education, the whole nine yards, because if we spoke properly, we wouldn't be considered, you know, peasants or whatever the thing, whatever it was. So that's right. All. But, that's, you know, why, that's why I never knew until recently that you, yeah. you, are, you are Jamaican, actually. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's kind of the gist of it. But yeah. Okay. So your first album, Where I'm Going, won the International Music Awards. Right. I mean, like independent, independent music awards. Music awards. Mm -hmm. So, and you wrote and produced all the 16 songs and the quality is like, <laughs> like just unbelievable. No wonder you won. It's so well deserved. Thank you. Thank but you, thank you're welcome. But you said you don't, really care about getting an award and stuff. So how yeah. did it come about? Well, um, everyone has been asking me to put an album out. And back then it was what, 2008, 2009. I've had music for such a long time, but I think we as artists, not just a producer, but we as artists are very critical and sometimes overcritical. Oh yeah. <laughs> you can attest to that. So, um, you know, you would do something and you're like, mm, it's not good enough. And then, of course, I always heard other people and it's like, yeah, I don't sound like them. And I didn't, you know, um, I never really fit the mold of everybody else as far as that was concerned. So later, yeah. like I said, late 2009, um, one of my good friends, um, Francis, says to me, yo, we're going to, I need you to put out a, an album. And I said, well, I have enough music. He says, yeah, I know you do. I said, we got to pick some songs. So out of about... 50 songs that I've had, um, the ones that I actually put together to say we're going to listen to them. I had about 50 songs and we just kind of started to pick out the ones. And then we picked out the ones that made us feel a certain way first, right? It wasn't about lyrical content or anything. It was just that what did the music make us feel like first? We put that to one side. Then that came up to about maybe 27, maybe 30. Um, out of the 50. Then from there, we were like, all right, what songs are complete? And that ended up being about 20. Mm. And I was like, well, we, we're not going to put 20 songs in the album. But we started listening to the songs in order and we're just listening to them. And then we switched orders, listening to them again, switched orders again. And then we finally got a flow that was actually pretty decent. And we knocked off the last four, um, which we felt at the time we could either put another album or release as, as separate singles. It just depends on what we want to do. And thus where I'm going was born. Um, I wanted to have a lot of uh, 
me references. A lot of things I speak about is love. Um, and then I did a couple of things for my family, an ode to my mother and an ode to Jamaica. Um, Mm. And it, I even have a song. The last song actually is something regarding the industry that uh, my wife and I did together. So um, it, it was a good eclectic blend. I think the biggest compliment that I got from someone was that they can put the, the album on and let it play from beginning to end and it doesn't interrupt their flow. Like, you know, and that's how I used to do it too. When I'm listening to music to see if everything was work, I would just put it on and just get up and do housework maybe, or just lounge around the house and just see what it makes me feel like as I'm doing my day to day. Um, and yeah, that, that was probably one of the biggest compliments. And, and in doing so, um, I got laid off my job. I took the, the leave and I probably, that was probably the happiest time that I had as an artist because um, I was performing almost every other week. Mm -hmm. um, underground when the underground was big in Atlanta I did a few shows there I had a show that was so big that I couldn't do it myself and so I reached out to some people that I knew what was really good as far as artists are concerned and we put a show together and I think that's what got people excited was the fact that wow you're introducing all these new people that we've never seen before um, on your show so it was pretty good I really had a good time with that but that was kind of how it happened. It, it was a reluctant thing. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, I'm gung-ho to do an album. It was just like, all right, let's just see how it goes. And so, so, you, so you mean to tell me that you already had the, all this talent to singing and playing <laughs> play instruments and you, know, you can lay down multiple background mm -hmm. vocals you hear and see and everything, yeah. but you who are not pushed by somebody, yep. you and are not gonna do, <laughs> and you always were interested in producing rather than other people yes yes i was really um i'm the background guy i like to be in the background to help people you know i don't mind being a part of someone's journey and career and if i can i'm honored for that because you know a lot of people um can't say they work for this person this person but some some independent artists were so talented you know they were really just unheard and i think my vision was i need to do whatever i can to help them be heard like the big guys you know like the big artists and um that's always been my focus so being in the background was natural for me interesting uh, but again yeah my my good friend like i said francis kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone and um here we are and, and then you won your first yeah, album that yeah, you did yeah. boom <laughs> that's crazy yeah yeah and i think like you said it was because of the feeling that was you know for it i wasn't trying to go after anything i wasn't showing off about anything it was just hey this is what made me feel good this is what i liked and and it's funny um people say um if you do what you love to do mm -hmm. um, there's always going to be at least one one other person that mm -hmm. feels that same way mm. and for me it was over a thousand we when we did our we sold every single copy and had people buying it for gifts from other people um i had a, a recent text from somebody and in their rotation in their car, the CD was there and they snapped a picture of one of the songs that was playing. Um, so it's, it's, it was a really good feeling. It was a humbling experience, that's to say, to say that. Right. So, so as an, now you're an artist yourself and then also producer side mm -hmm. of it too, that you understand you know whole spectrum of being yeah. an artist. What kind of uh, advice would you like to give to upcoming artists? Well, um, stay in your lane right don't try to be something that you're not um mm -hmm. we have those people out there already i'm going to say something that you probably may not have heard but 
um, it was during our time working together and I was bringing that piece of music that we had done up to be listened to. And I was nervous because I've never had my music played in, you know, a, a place like an environment like that before. Mm. And there was several other people there. And I remember the guy, um, was it Trevor or Baptiste? One of the guy's name. And he said, Oh, Trevor Baptiste from, uh, I forgot the name of the company, but <laughs> the me, big, the biggest business accountant who exactly. had Robert yeah. De Niro, Madonna, Britney everybody. Spears, everybody on the East coast. And he said to me, you okay? Cause he, he could, I guess he could visibly see that I was nervous. And I said, yeah, I mean, look at all this talent and I'm still nobody. And, and he was like, no. So he said, um, we have Timberlands. We have a Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis. That's back. That's how far that was back in the day. They were the top ones of that. Yes. Yes. Ones. Yes. Um, Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis is. So we don't have a Michael Stewart. So you focus on you and whatever that means to you, you do that. And that stuck with me because I was like, wow. So I, because everyone used to ask me, hey, can you do a beat like Timbaland? Go to Timbaland to get it. But it's because you didn't want to pay the money for a Timbaland beat. So you get it from someone else that can give it to you. And there was a lot of producers that fell under that same trap. Mm -hmm. and they, then they couldn't do their own thing to be creative because now they're known for doing this type of music. And I didn't, I didn't want to be known for that. I, if I want to play rock and roll, I want to be able to play rock and roll. If I want to play country, I want to play country. And no one say, oh, well, he's a, a rap star. Why is he doing country music? I'm, I just want to be as open as possible. So That's the best advice I've ever heard. Okay, so thank you so much, Mike. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was awesome. <laughs> I know ATL got some music giants. What's mm -hmm. the music scene like there compared to New York? Well, I will say this. Before, when we first got out here, um, it was a lot less clickish, if you've heard that term before. I don't know well, clickish. What's clickish? Well, a click means that you have a group of people that only work with themselves and they don't allow too many people to get into their gang, their group. And so we call that clicking so or being a click. And um, I remember we had a meeting with um, Babyface and another uh, producer that was out there. And we were able to walk up into your office. Everything was cool. No problem. Oh, now it's wow. like, you, have, you can't do that anymore. You can't see nobody. And then it's always like, well, what do you got first? And, you know, that whole integrity thing has just been lost. Um, but I think that it's saturated with a lot of things. There's a lot of talent out here. There really is. Um, and the problem with it is that there's so much of it. People tend to do gimmicky things to try to get themselves on top. And then it's not truly who they are. And you can tell, like I can tell when a musician is not, this is not his music or not what he feels. He's mm. just doing it for the money or doing it because he was told by his management to do it or mm. told by the label. Because really, mm. you gotta remember today, at the end of the day, what do we call it? Music business. business. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so if they can make money off of you, that's what they want. They don't care how talented you are, right? It's like 10% talent, 90% whatever the other stuff is that they say. Um, and I, I see that a lot and it just, I, I just, I kind of stay away from those things. So, um, mm -hmm. if I go out to an event, it's because someone invites me to an event, but I just don't go and, you know, I don't solicit business. I don't have to. Right. So it's like, I'm out there. Oh, I need people for my studio. Nope. It's, it's very select. Um, so kind of same as in New York. 
Yeah, well, it, but see, in New York, though, there seems to be a lot more people hungry for what it was back in the day, right? When you had an A&R that really believed in an artist and they wanted to artists develop them and stuff like that. But because people spent so much money back in the day needlessly, and I mean, and I'm not going to say that it wasn't necessary, but it just seemed like money was just thrown away all the time and the people that needed it never got it. It was always the opposite way around. Um, I think that you can touch more people in New York. Um, and again, if it's a click, if you know the right person, you can get into a click anywhere. So mm-hmm. you just have to know the right person. If you do, if, and, and the other thing too is they're usually following what the current curve is. So if you are currently in R&B, they're going to be looking for R&B. They're not, they, I don't see anyone like they did back in the day looking for the new thing to break free, to break out, right? Like, but back in the day, an A&R would look for the next type of talent. But everything that I'm hearing sounds like everybody else. Like, I don't even know what the artists are today, to be honest, just being real. Um, everyone sounds like they're using the same auto-tune type of thing or whatever the case may be. And it's just, to me, diluting some of it. And some of it is good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to, you know, but mm-hmm. some of it that's so bad. It's just like, why did you even put this out? Right, because record company is just always been, and even still, it's all about making money, and it's, it's money. just a product. They don't care right. about artists, and but you know, in our uh, digital days, mm-hmm. even in the, in the artists making six figures or right. five, right. six, seven figures on themselves, and themselves. you might not never heard of their names, right. but it's right. still possible. Ex- absolutely, and you're right. Technology has definitely bridged the gap. And I, and I like that. I think the playing field is now level, but still, I want people, even if they're doing this stuff, still do your best work. Like, it doesn't make sense to do anything half-assed. Like, oops, should I connect this? Um, yeah, no problem. This is, this is not a, a TV network or <laughs> magazine interview, so do whatever you want to say. Yeah, it, it shouldn't be half-assed. If you're going to do it, do it 100%, right? If it's what you love to do, then you do that. Because, like, again, we don't have a you. <laughs> it's everybody else, but we don't have a you. So focus on making or being the best you, and then we can see you for what you are. And guess what? People will find you. If your music, if you feel your music the way it does, somebody that's looking for that same thing, and sometimes they may not even know they're looking for it, they scroll through some new stuff, and especially with the internet now, there's so many ways you can find music, and they'll find you, and it's like, oh my gosh, I like this person. That's how we discovered a lot of um, Afropop um, artists as well the same way and they weren't mainstream it was just the fact that their music you know did something I felt something with it and I was like oh I promote them and there you have it okay so now I like to kind of get to the the meat of the, meat. the craft of songwriting more yes. 